All right. Welcome to the Rise Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Mitchell. And on this show, I do my best to help you rise up to your potential by getting by allowing you the understanding to get out of your own way. Stop letting life get in the way so you show up, get the results that you want, and understand how to sustain them. Um, I appreciate you if you're taking the time to listen to this podcast for the first time or if you're a longtime listener. I, I appreciate you even more because I, you know, I, you know how much I love to talk. And uh, <laughs> so for some reason, you keep coming back. <laughs> but I am excited to talk about today uh, because I... I talk a lot about mindset and and mental health and all these things that really not many people are aware of when they're trying to lose weight because that was something that really really struck that I struggled with like I was always finding a reason to get in my own way not only with my personal health but just in everything in general so learning how to get out of your own way holds a very special heart and a place in my heart um but today I wanted to talk more uh, about my personal journey of my own weight loss and and transformation that um, I really that really put into perspective not only how to lose weight but really keep it off as you saw in in the in the title of this episode and I want you to understand that most things most problems that we have in in any in any right um, is usually because we have a faulty system and I, the five things that I learned when I was losing my 40, when I was losing 40 pounds, um, was how to really improve my system based around the goals that I wanted. Um, there's a lot of times I get asked questions outside of like clients. I was like, okay, so like, if I want to lose weight, like what, 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 how important is protein? Like, like what if I want to make food taste good? Like you can do all those things. You just have to be aware of, of what needs to adjust based off what you want there's a lot of times i'll like say like yeah just work on getting more protein in like i like no less than this amount based off your goals and then they're like but like where's what about my what if i want to like make it taste good like with some sauce or some oil or whatever like you can do those things it just has to you just have to keep in mind how this process works what do you want to accomplish why do you want to accomplish and if you're not willing to adjust your current system then be okay with that right that's fine but this is how I adjusted my system to lose the 40 pounds and not really struggle to keep it off. Like I haven't really intentionally tracked for going on four years. And there, for, for those of you who know me, I got really, really compulsive with tracking <laughs> and so much so that I couldn't really enjoy my wedding or my honeymoon. And I didn't did not enjoy that. So I really haven't gone back. And these five things are, are the reason for that. They've made it easier for me to know, hey, am I still in a good place? Am I still at a pretty, uh, do I still have a good structure? Is, am I monitoring and maintaining where I want to be? Cool. I don't need to worry about it too much. Um, so yeah, these things are what I learned from when I was actively trying to lose weight. Um, and they may take some practice and make some may take some time, but these are the things that I learned in that process that will hopefully help you with where you're at, or if you're trying to get started um, or having a hard time seeing the results. These are the five that I think are going to make your life a lot easier. So, without further ado, let's jump in and let's start talking about. It. Let's start with talk about number one. All right, first thing, first part of my system that really really helped me see the results that I wanted and I continue to focus on to this day is centering my meals around protein specifically earlier in the day. A big mistake I used to make was when before I knew anything about food and I was just following a, a, a nutrition, um, a, um, a macro prescription blindly. 
I used to try to get 300 grams of protein a day, <laughs> and that got really, really difficult when I was, uh, and I was also trying to do that while fasting, and I didn't eat until 11 a.m., and I had 300 grams of protein to eat in a eight-hour window, so I think I stopped eating at seven. It was either, it was either start at 11 and end at six or seven, somewhere around there, and getting that much protein in that day, in that time frame, was such a challenge. Like I would, I would like before shoveling food, shoveling protein down my uh, down my throat just to get it all in. And it really, really, really sucked. And this is why I kind of moved away from fasting and just learned. Uh, okay, I'm just going to start my day earlier. I'm going to start. I'm going to eat breakfast at a normal time. You know, seven, eight a.m. before I have to go and start my 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 work, uh, my work or my workout, whatever it was, and my meal, all my meals were centered and started with protein first. So if I wanted to, I stopped trying to get 300 grams of protein. <laughs> and now I aim around 160 to 200 grams on a regular basis. Uh, based off my size, this is relative to each person. But typically, if you have a weight loss goal, you want to try to get around your goal weight in in uh in protein amounts and then once you're consistently doing that then you have about a 30 to 40 gram window that allows your body to still have enough protein for optimal fat loss and muscle retention stuff like that so that's why it's it's between 160 and 200 because i wanted to be around two, 205 ish all right so when I start my day with protein, I mean start it like with a, a good amount of protein. And my days usually starts with 50 grams. When I start my day with 50 grams of protein, the rest of the day is so much easier. Um, and that's what I found if I don't get at least 50 grams, um, actually at least it was at least 90 grams before our, before noon, it was a very, very big challenge for me to finish and really hit my protein goals consistently. But if I got at least 90 grams, so I start my day with 50 and then I have a snack about 30 or 40, um, like a couple hours after I eat breakfast, my the rest of the day is a lot easier for me to hit my protein goals and I could e stop eating around a decent time. So I'm not going to bed like super, super full. And protein is such a powerful, uh, protein was such a game changer for me. That that structure of meal of, of aiming to get 40 to 50 grams of protein per meal for my size. This is for, again, this is relative to each person. Um, uh, it just made the protein process a lot or the, the, the eating enough to see the goals that I wanted. It made it a lot simpler because I knew if I get 40 to 50 grams of protein per meal, I don't have to think about it as much. I don't have to struggle as much. Right. And ways to increase your protein is buy leaner protein options and, or and then um, add more um, more protein focused things to your meal. So for like my breakfast, I've had the same breakfast basically for four years. Um, I'm always adding egg whites to my eggs. Right, eggs are a great are are a decent source of protein, but they are primarily fat calories. So if we add extra egg whites, which I do every morning, it takes it it makes it drastically it makes it drastically um, higher in protein because egg whites are just protein. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not one who can just eat plain old egg whites. I need a little bit of the yolk for it to taste good. So for me, uh, it's two eggs, hundred grams of, of egg whites and, um, uh, then four slices of turkey bacon and usually some sort of tortilla or oatmeal. Um, and I, that's usually, um, right around 50 grams of protein every single morning. 
Um, and I, I, it's, it's a great meal. I love breakfast. I could, if I could do it, <laughs> if I could eat that meal for every, every meal, I probably would. Um, but again, that's part of my system. And then every other meal, you know, wh- whether, whether, whether it's breakfast or I'm sorry, whether it's lunch or dinner, my wife and I, we know like it start with protein and we usually pick the leaner options. Even with red meats, we pick the leaner options because it's just easier to hit protein goals. And that doesn't mean we can't have variants. Like, like we'll occasionally have a date night where it's like a more fattier cut of steak. But when it comes to sustaining my goals, I prioritize the leaner stuff and, and build my plates around that and getting more protein earlier in the day makes everything a lot easier. And protein makes you feel more full, helps you burn more calories, helps your body recover from your workouts. There's so many reasons to get protein other than just losing weight. All right. So um, moving on to number two, this as an athlete growing up, I always had a crazy amount of calorie caloric burn from my movement. Um, And surprisingly, I had a really hard time gaining weight for a, a long time until I tried eating way more than I ever did. And that's where I started gaining. I gained 40 pounds for my sport. Um, but always in the back of my in the back of my mind, knowing the ch- general trajectory of athletes and seeing like former teammates that were older than me, like years later, I knew in the back of my mind, it would be very easy for me to gain weight rapidly after my sport ended. No one's forcing me to run. No one's forcing me to exercise. I would have to be the one that was going to need to uh, it, it motivate himself to move his body. Um, and I was a trainer for a while. So I had a pretty good foundation of just walking. I, I was a personal trainer, I should say, as I'm still technically a trainer, <laughs> but I was, I was at, when I was at the gym, I was usually walking a lot, but before I was like very, um, before I had a very full schedule of clients, a lot of days were spent with me sitting behind a computer. And especially now I'm sitting behind a computer more often than not. So, what really helped me and just to get to number two is may, uh, when I was really actively trying to focus on weight loss, I worked on making movement a part of my day, no matter what it looked like. <laughs> it's yeah, honestly a big reason why I wanted a, a Husky. Like I've always wanted a Husky uh, growing up because of the movie Snow Dogs, but I also knew how crazy energized they were. So like as I was getting ready to finish my my football career, I really wanted a dog because I I would have another excuse to stay active. So, you know, uh, if you weren't aware, Blue was a a happy little accident, a surprise graduation gift that I was not prepared to have, but it was became a part of my routine anyway. So that's also a little blessing in disguise. But even if I didn't have Blue, I would have I, I wanted to find ways to move that would just make movement a part of my day. And I tell people like, it doesn't have to be super structured all the time. It doesn't have to be just like, you only do cardio for your workouts. Like if you can, you can get a lot more movement than you really think when you are looking for it. And ways that I would, I would try and incorporate more movement was parking further away at the grocery store. Yeah, it's a bit inconvenient, but think if you have to walk further in and then you have to walk further out after you walk throughout the, the grocery store to get your stuff, that stuff, that's all compounding and adding up. Um, I intentionally tried to use the stairs on a different part of my house or, uh, uh, um, yeah, different. I tried to use the stairs whenever I had to use the restroom. Um, or if I'm at a building that, you know, I'm at a work event or something like that, I try to use the farther bathroom as often as I could. Again, if it was convenient or if it was convenient to the situation, because then I'm compounding that movement. I'm making it part of my day. Um, I, I wanted to, 
uh, I learned that walking helps with digestion. So when I was eating like super crazy amounts of protein, uh, I was trying to move for at least five to 15 minutes after every meal to just help my stomach settle and help my stomach digest a little bit. So that like compounded three times a day was an additional like anywhere from 15 to uh, 45 minutes of extra movement. Um, I would also like if I was if I was short at the end of the day, I would I would uh, take blue for a little bit extra, a little bit extra further distance on our, on our walks. Or if it was really, really cold outside and I did not want to go out there, I would, I, I had a treadmill at the time, but if I didn't, I would have bought a walking pad and a couple of my clients have those. So anyway, the goal is to, is to just find opportunities to increase your daily movement. And for those of us who aren't aware, like moving throughout the day, can take up more burned calories than our workouts could take in a day. And like our work, that doesn't mean your workouts aren't important, but like our fitness trackers, they tell us we burn like 800,000 calories. That's awesome. Like, that's great that you're working hard, but it doesn't, those things aren't always accurate and it's not, you're not burning as much as you think, unfortunately. Um, but with daily movement, it burns, it, you will, you can burn up to upwards of 30 to 40% if you're like really, really like getting up there with step counts. But like 20, 30% usually is the baseline of overall calories burned in a day. And it's not a big tax and stress on your body. And there's multiple ways to do it than just, you know, hopping on a treadmill. Like any, any chance to move a little bit more, you can, you can end up burning a, way more calories than you think. And this is what is a big part of, of my day to day, especially now that I work at a desk. Like I'm, I work from home and I'm talking to people for hours on end. And it is, <laughs> I have a very sedentary job. And if I had no idea how to find more movement, um, it, it, I know I would struggle. So it's just finding those little things, right? Intentionally taking the stairs, finding any reason to to increase the distance you have to walk, right? And and just um making those intentional movements will compound a lot. Um, to simplify it, like aim, I aimed for at least eight to 12 K steps a day. That was something that really, really helped me keep rolling in the right direction. Um, so that ultimately I was always be, I was always finding a reason to move. Um, I used to track my steps religiously. I don't do that anymore, but that was just, that was, so I could build up awareness of, oh, this is what will allow me to get 8,000 steps. This is what allows me to get 10,000. This is what allows me to get 12,000. So then I can justify, okay, this is how I can continue this process without these tools. All right. So number two, intentional movement, making movement a part of your day um, to the best of your ability. Keep it simple. Don't overwhelm yourself. If you're not there yet, that's okay. Right. Work yourself up by just finding and practicing ways to increase your movement more often. Um, and I promise it's, it, you'll enjoy it a lot more than you think you will. All right. So that leads me to number three, and this is what we're going to keep in, uh, the, the movement aspect as well. Um, our lives can get very busy. Our lives can get overwhelming and it can be very easy to put ourselves on the back burner. Um, so when it comes to understanding a system for yourself and making sure you don't forget that, Hey, my time, I, I need to make time for me too. Uh, I made a non-negotiable. I used to try and work out every single day. And ultimately, my schedule just got way too busy, way too chaotic, and way too difficult to sustain that once I got busier and, and more in-depth in with my career. Um, and that standard, that system was no longer going to, to fit what I had going on in my life. But something that did would be, was... Uh, making a a boundary, making a line that I would not, I would not, I would I would always try and work out at least two to three times a week. 
ideally three. Like if I'm working out three days a week, I am solid. I am I am in a great place for, uh, for, for when it comes to structure. That gives me wiggle room to add more if I want to, if I have extra time. But if I have at least two to three every single week, no matter what's going on, I'm reminding myself, I still can make the time for me. And it doesn't have to be a full hour. It doesn't have to be something super crazy intense. It just has to be something. you know. And a big part of sustaining goals is just learning how to continue showing up consistently over and over and over again, even if it doesn't work out the way that we that we think it's supposed to. Like a lot of our lives are are changing as as we evolve, as we get older, and we won't have as much time, we won't have as much energy as we used to. And that's not a bad thing. It's just hey, if I can start with a floor, right? If I like that's and that's really what I want you to understand: establishing a floor of I will at least get this much done. No matter what's going on, that's reasonable, right? Because we can say, "Oh, I'm I'm always going to get at least five days of workouts in." Like that's fine if you can do that. If you have the time, energy, do that. But I want you to lower the barrier entry because that's what's made it very easy for me. Because if I'm if I was always striving for a crazy high amount and I didn't fulfill on that, I would feel like a failed. Like I only got I only got four out of the five that I I said I was supposed to do. So that's not good enough. But I don't like feeling like that. I don't like. Uh, and I don't like feeling like I, uh, because I fail, I need to punish myself and, and work harder the next week. Like if I know all I got to do is two to three, it leaves more room for me to increase more if I want to. If I have the time, there's no pressure. And that allows me to keep showing up on a consistent basis. And it's really easy for me to show up when I don't want to go, when I really, really just have like I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, and I just really – like there's more days I don't want to go to the gym than there are days that I really do want to go to the gym. And so when I know in the back of my head, all I got, all I got to do is show up at least three times a week. I, I, that, that's a, again, that's takes the pressure off in that time where I'm stressed, where I'm fret, overwhelmed or whatever. And I just show up to whatever capacity that is. If I have the energy to push, I'll push. If I don't, I don't have to. I just got to show up and make it a priority. This is my system. This is part of me. Just like I make time for to pay my bills. I make time to show up for work. I make time to show up for the for my family, whatever it is. I will make time for me. And this is what we're trying to do. And this is what I, I this is what helped me make sure that as I was pursuing my goal, I was also keeping in mind how I wanted to sustain these goals. And now I show up at least two to three times a week, no matter what right? Holiday, travel, whatever it is, I know I'm going to show up to the best of my ability in those two, three days. If I get more, that's just a bonus and I love it and it's great. It can change over time, right? But this is where I start. This is my floor. This is my system that helps me show up no matter what. The most important thing to seeing results is showing up. And the most important to keeping results is continuing to show up even when it's boring, even when it's difficult, even when it's challenging. All right. So having that boundary, having that, having that uh, floor of at least I will do this when it comes to my workouts. And that is ultimately what's going to keep you in the game longer. And that's really what we want here. The system to keep you in the game so that you keep showing up, you keep seeing the results and you keep feeling the results. Because I feel better when I exercise. I feel better when I feed my body appropriately. I feel better when I move my body uh, more often throughout the day. It helps all these things help me feel better. And that's what keeps my activity up and higher. That's what keeps my calories from going over overboard. So I start regaining weight. And this is, again, part of the system that ultimately helps us see and and uh, keep our results. So uh, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Number four is probably going to be well, maybe not as self-explanatory as as uh, as I think. But number four, 
I actually, this was this, <laughs> I felt this one yesterday. So number four is making sure I'm drinking enough water. Now, enough water can be relative to the person. For someone of my size and my activity level, I found that actually drinking a gallon of water is where my body thrives. Maybe a gallon or a, a gallon or three quarters of a gallon. If I'm less than three quarters of a gallon, I feel it. And last night I was trying to sleep <laughs> and I felt inc- like I felt like I was in the Sahara Desert at one in the morning. Like I woke up just parched and I, I, I knew going to bed, I was like, man, I didn't drink that much water today. It won't be that much of a problem. Uh, but what woke up this morning one a- at 1 a.m. and man, it felt like I was gargling sand for a long, long time. And I, I'm usually not one who gets up at like, I'm, I, I can wake up in the middle of the night and roll, toss and turn a little bit. Then usually after a little while, I can go back to sleep. This was not the case. I was wide awake. And this is the first time I've got out of bed since I was probably a kid to drink water. <laughs> uh, and I had like probably four glasses of water before I, before I went back to bed. Um, and, and ultimately Water helps me really. I never understood how important water was when I was an athlete, but as I as I've uh, adapted and evolved afterwards, like I feel stronger when I drink water. And water is key for nutrient distribution, for electrolyte distribution throughout your body. So when I'm drinking water, my body's able to perform better. And I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Now I'm now I'm also aware that if I don't go to bed as hydrated as I usually am, my body, my mouth is going to say, "Hey." We are dying over here, <laughs> and it could interrupt my sleep. And if it interrupts my sleep, I'm gonna feel groggy. And uh, there's a whole masterclass I could talk about, like how how uh, your sleep screwing up can affect your 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 appetite, your your craving, stuff like that. But the, all those things would apply. So making water a part of my routine, you know, helped me feel satisfied. Helped me not crave as as many things as I usually would. Right. A lot of times our body can't tell the difference between when it's hungry and thirsty. So when you drink, when it, when you get a certain craving, it might actually just be thirsty, but it doesn't always send the signal that you're thirsty. It's really strange. Our body, if our body could speak English, this would be a lot easier, but it doesn't. It speaks through, through other means like cravings or, or lack of energy or stuff like that. So making this a part of my routine and, and understanding what helps you drink more water. Are you someone who gets bored with water easily? That was never my problem. Um, but if I had a small water bottle, I would never refill it. That was, I was, I hate refilling water bottles. I don't know why. It just, it just like, it just doesn't make sense to me. My wife, she, uh, she hates drinking water. That's not through a straw. I don't know. She, she, she can't do it. <laughs> no matter how hard she tries, it just isn't something that's for her. But when she adds a straw, like she, she gets at least a half a gallon to a gallon every single day. And for me, if I only, I only want to fill my water bottle up once, I don't want to keep refilling it over and over and over again. It's just, it just gets on my nerves. So I'm that person who's going to walk around with a gallon water jug and that's good. That's what helps me stay consistent. And more, more, uh, more of that process was like, I keep that water bottle with me. Like I'm at my desk right now. The water bottle is in clear view, clear sight. I don't leave the room without it. So every time I have the inkling to drink water, it's there. You know, if I'm going downstairs uh, to, to after I finish this podcast, the water bottle is going to be right with me. If I go to the gym, it's with me. Um, if I go out with my friends or, or my family, it's with me, right? I have, it's always going to go with me and that's part of my system. 
people don't always want to carry that around. That's fine. But ultimately, um, if you're someone who gets bored with water, doesn't just like the taste of plain old water, um, any like uh, uh, zero calorie like sweetener or not sweet. Yeah, I guess sweetener or water enhancer, whatever you call them, like uh, like. Uh, I don't know if it's ice. It's like a crystal light. I think it is or Mio, which has been around since geez, I was in middle school. Uh, <laughs> those things like you use them, right? Or carbonated waters, they, they can help. Teas will help as long as there's not like sugar and honey or whatever, like, like so much crazy amounts like are, are um, you know, you're using to make it taste a little bit better. But zero calorie sweeteners or zero calorie water substitutes. That all counts towards your water goals. Um, and that's, again, you're going to, that's what helped reduce a lot of my cravings, helped with, imp helped improve my digestion, helped improve my performance, helps me, helps keep me asleep apparently. Because <laughs> I very rarely uh, don't get less than three quarters of my water jug, you know. So this, again, making it part of the system. These things help me feel better. These things help improve a lot of other aspects, which helps me continue to show up. And when I keep showing up, I keep my results. And again, that's the point of this process. All right. So this one is kind of self-explanatory. Again, I could probably do a masterclass on why like each of these do what they what, what they do, but I don't want to keep this too long. Um, but last one, my last one, this is my favorite one. Number five, the thing that I think has really changed how I see and view my food is this one right here. So this one may be a little bit controversial. But I think it's still important for most people to hear because there's a lot of people that I talk to that are, that are very judgmental when it comes to sweets and candy and desserts. Um, but ultimately, the fifth thing that really helped me lose weight and continue to this day keep it off is I have some sort of dessert almost every day or every night, no matter what I'm doing. Like I am a sweets person. I, if you listen to me for a while, you know my association with sweets. I have struggled with emotional eating for a very, very long time. It's still to this day. It's one of if I don't catch it, it's very easy for me to uh, gravitate towards sweets if I'm stressed or emotional. But allowing myself to have dessert every single day, when I was actively trying to lose weight, and still to this day, I'm gonna ha I have something relatively close to dessert on a regular basis it's completely changed the way that I look at the, the food because I can because I allow myself to have it there's no reason I ever think negatively about having it in my diet anymore because I've seen the results and there's a lot of people out there that I know could have an issue with that they're like I can't control myself around it but that that's again totally get that but the 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 solution to that process is constantly eliminating it and constantly avoiding it. Uh, there's a funny thing that our brain does when we can't have something or we think we can't have something. And it, all it does is think about it. So when we finally break the seal and we have the thing that we that we think we can't have, well, now our subconscious childlike tendencies uh, take over. And then we get to the point where we're over consuming uh, in a way that's really hard for us to stick with our goals. But if we allow it in our diet, if you and this is what I I did I I know personally I can't buy candy like I know if there's a bag of candy in my house I have a very very hard time with self control no matter the awareness I've created for myself having that much access to candy is still a struggle for me so I put boundaries in front of that so that if I want the sweet treat. I can have it. It just has to be within the means that I want. And something that I practice for a long time, something I practice with my clients is if I want the candy, I can have it. 
I'm gonna have, but I'm gonna have just the uh, just the normal size, uh, normal size candy bar, um, and I'm gonna go get it. It's not gonna be in my house, but if I want it, I'm gonna go to the gas station, buy it, and come home. Right again, that may not be as easy. That may be easier said than done, but it ha you have to practice it. I didn't start out that that way, honestly. I had to start by completely limiting the the uh, the. Uh, I had to start by limiting them from my house completely. And then whenever I had a sweet craving, I would just learn to make a little bit more aligned decision. I would prioritize food, uh, food, <laughs> fruit over, over, uh, the, the candy. And I would have those more available in my house. So I'd still get the similar sweet craving fulfillment, but it was a little bit more ideal. It was a little bit more calorie focused and calorie conscious. And as I, as I continue to practice that, I started to reintroduce certain candies back into my diet, but within the means of my goal. So at the end of the day, actually, okay, let's rewind for a second. I started by eliminating the candy or easily accessible candy in my house. Then anytime I had a sweet craving, I would just learn to make a more ideal choice when it came to uh, when it came to choosing fruits uh, fruits when I had those cravings. And then I made things that tasted like dessert but weren't uh, but were still more calorie focused like a protein mug cake. I would have a protein scoop with a little bit of honey, baking powder, um, and some cocoa, mix it up, microwave it for like 45 seconds, add some whipped cream and cinnamon to the top, maybe a little bit of peanut butter, and that was my dessert and it always it always scratched the itch that I was having right I could have dessert I could have dessert and it was more protein calorie focused and once I knew I could have it and I knew I had alternatives when I wanted to actually have the real thing then I started to incorporate then I said okay I can allow this if I have it on this means like I, like I was saying earlier where I will go get the single serving regular size candy bar, specifically the Reese's, because I love those things so much. There's no better combination than peanut butter and chocolate. Um, <laughs> and it, it, again, I could have it. But if, if the current relationship, the current system that I had with it, the current the current structure that was in place ultimately was not align, aligned with the goals that I wanted. And if I kept trying to keep that, if I kept um, keeping that standard or those same relationships, that same structure, it was ultimately going to always get in the way of what I wanted to accomplish. Again, this took time. It was not pretty. It was not, it was not perfect. It took a long time to get to that point. And, but over, but over time, I don't think about it that often. It took a lot of practice to get here. And this is why I'm sharing it with you. Cause I want you to know as you're going, if you find yourself and your systems are uh, your systems with your meals, your systems with your movement, your system with your relationship with food is in a, in a tough situation, it can get better. This is not a list of things you have to do right now. This is a list of things that help me improve my relationship with my food, my consistency with my routine, so that I not only saw the results, I knew what I needed to, to do to keep it, right? And now I want you to understand how to see yourself in this process and see, okay, how is my protein take for my meals? Am I making my meals or am I eating out a lot? So cool. Maybe you pick that and start start centering your meals, start trying to cook your meals a little bit more often and try and center them around protein, right? Are you pretty sedentary? Maybe you can start there. Are you not getting enough water, right? You don't have to do all these all at once. And that's, that's what leads to overwhelm and frustration. And then the thing that stops us from seeing results is we stop showing up. We stop trying. This is, I, I want you to just take, take this list of things and pick where you can see where you realistically see yourself improving the quickest. And so over time, 
one step at a time, you'll see that the system can improve. <clears throat> There's only one way to lose weight, and that's to be in a calorie deficit. And all these things are designed to help us stick within that calorie deficit over time. And I guess I'm gonna before I finish this episode, I do want to I do want to mention one thing. This is there's no guarantee that we will see weight loss in a certain amount of time or whatever it is. But if you find all the reasons to keep showing up, no matter what, and you keep trying and you keep trying to improve your system, you're going to see results. Other than what other uh, unlike what a lot of us end up doing, where we try to do everything perfectly, or we try to follow something online and it doesn't go the way that we hope or intend. And then we spiral and then we go back to what we know. We eat for convenience. We eat for emotional reasons. We we don't think about our actions. So we go back to feeling guilty, ashamed, and frustrated. So ultimately, the only way that you're going to ever see the results and especially keep them is learn how to show up consistently. And these are going to help you show up consistently and improve your systems to keep the results. All right. So I hope that made sense. Um, this is a lot less uh, emotional or mental talk. This is more structure-based. But again, I thought I thought it'd be a helpful thing to share. Um, and I hope I hope you did find it helpful. If you did, I really appreciate if you took the time to share this episode with at least one person. Um, and and um, if you didn't, if you don't agree with me, if you have any questions, you know that's fine too. <laughs> but please uh, uh, don't hesitate to ever reach out to me, email uh, or social media. I'm always happy to to talk, to interact, to to help help you understand these pieces as well, and or just give you a reminder like, hey, you're okay. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just as long as you're making progress, it's gonna happen. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for the day. So if you need anything else. Uh, or if you need anything at all, like I said, check the, the show notes down below. Um, and I will see you on the next one.